the Lord. Amen. We're thankful. You know, He does know you. You know, I'm going to confess something to you. I know I'm young for some, old for others, 48 years of age, and I'm just going to just tell you right now, I know that uh, he knows me and knows my ways, but I'm going to be honest with you. I do not know and always understand his. You say, well, pastor, you, you should know that. You're a preacher. No, he tells us that his ways are not our ways. And that's why I'm in the book of Genesis and preaching through the life of Joseph. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't understand it. I really don't understand why a good man, a young man that loved his brothers, went through some things, but everything that happened in his life, God allowed it, but if we was to look at it, and as I read this, he didn't deserve it. And isn't that like one of our statements that we always make is, it's just not fair. Things aren't always fair. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I wish things was fair. But we look in the life of Joseph and not everything was fair. To be quite honest with you, um, this has been very helpful to me. I'm trying to get help out of Joseph's life. And I want you, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what trouble, what darkness, what storm, maybe you're on the mountaintop tonight, today. Wherever you are, there's something. The Word of God is for our learning. It's for our help. This message will do you no good today if you don't do anything with it. You can hear it and you say, oh, that's a good story. You can even say, oh, my... Preacher Mark, he tries to keep our attention. None of that matters. Unless the truths and the principles that we find in God's work, now listen to me, gets into our heart and changes us. Changes us. That's the goal. To change and to grow. To change and to grow. And man, as I read this story, and by the way, I appreciate it, ladies, singing that song. I think it will go along with the message. I don't always know what God's doing. Now, I know in a, in a summary that I know what He's doing because He's told us what He wants to do. He wants all men to come to the salvation of Him. He wants all men to know Him as their personal Savior. He wants every boy, every girl, every man, every woman... To be convicted of their sin and by faith trust Christ as their Savior. That's why He came to this earth, bled and died, and went to the uh, Baru tomb and raised from the dead because He wanted us that are sinners to know that we can be saved through Christ. Now I know that's His goal. I know that's His mission. And I hope today that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. You're not going to get to heaven because you're at church. You're not going to get to heaven because you got back in water. You're not going to get to heaven because you tried to live a good life. The Bible says we're all sinners. Sin must be paid for. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Jesus Christ not only said there needs to be, there's sin there and it needs to be paid for. 
He paid for it. He paid for it. Now all we have to do is receive Jesus Christ, the gift for our salvation. And that takes faith. But the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because God's way of salvation is we putting faith in His way, in His gift, which is Jesus Christ. So Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship with Jesus. Don't miss it. We're not following a bunch of rules and regulations here today. We are trying to develop our relationship with the Lord Jesus. And I hope that you've met Him, that you are trying to cultivate that relationship. If you've never met Christ as your personal Savior, then you need to meet Him. Before a relationship can start, you have to meet someone. And the way the Lord Jesus, or the way the God of Heaven said that how you come to Me is through My Son, Jesus Christ. So when we by faith put our faith in Christ, that God sees not no longer my sin, He sees Jesus Christ, His Son's account, put on my account. And when God the Father looks at me, once I've trusted Christ as my Savior, He doesn't see old Mark Brandon's all of his dirty skeletons in his closet, all of his sin, all of his mistakes, see? God sees His Son's perfect account. So that's why the only way of salvation is through Jesus. He's the only one that's been perfect. But as we look at the life of Joseph, we've talked about have you had enough yet? We talked about uh, the Lord was with him. Now today, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Genesis and let's look at verse chapter number 41. And let's look at something else that I think goes along with the song this morning. Now, I want to make this statement as you're turning there, but please hear me because it really will set the stage for the message. The Lord is at work in the lives of people. Now, I want to say that again. The Lord is at work in the lives of people. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because listen to me now. Because I don't always feel that He is. I don't always know for sure that God is working in somebody's heart. But this event with Joseph proves to me that God is working in the hearts of people whether we know it or not. Whether we see it or not. See, here's what it is. It's easier. It, we often, here's where we come to. We often have an easier time believing that God can work in us and work in me. Because I know, that's knowledge to me. I know whether He's working in me or not. I know that. Now I can con y'all. I can tell you that He is and He's really not or I'm not letting Him. But I know and you know whether God, so we can believe that. If I go to somebody and say, hey, I want you to know God's working in my heart. Well, I could lie. But the truth is, I know that if He's working in my heart. But the reason I say that is, is because it's easier for me sometimes to believe that and know that when somebody else tells me that they're working in their heart. Because I don't know. I really don't know. 
the Bible says all we can go is by the fruit of their life, by their actions. That's the only way we can know. But I do believe, based on this true event, that, and I know this through the history of my life, God is working in people's lives. And for some time, we, we understand, we must realize that God works, and here's the message, on both ends. Can I just make an introductory statement? Some of you might be here today and you're because you're on the other end. Here's why. There might be somebody in this church, they've prayed for you. And they've asked God, just like Brother Don said, do we all understand today that there is no coincidence that you're here? It just didn't happen. Probably what's happened is you've been prayed for. God's worked in someone's heart to either invite you to come to church or they have wanted you to come to church or they have lived a certain kind of life and God's working in their life and you are a result because God's working here that people can see you might be a result that you have no idea but God's worked on your heart way over here. Does that make sense? See, God works on both ends. God was working in both ends in Joseph's life. Now let's look at it in chapter 41 and let's just look at it. And I, it came to pass at the end of two full years. Now I, I've emphasized that for a reason. Don't raise your hand, please. You ever spending time in jail? Do not raise your hand. And by the way, if you spent time in jail today, you still don't have any idea what kind of jail they stay that he was in then. They didn't have the. And by the way, Lofty's in jail all the time. Amen, brother Lofty. He could raise his hand. It's okay. He works there. But, you know, Brother Lofton, I'm not being ugly. I wouldn't want to be there, but it's certainly, they have still some real, real comforts even in jail today, correct? Definitely. But to me, I wouldn't want to be confined in a jail, not be able to have interaction with people. But I just want you to know something. That's not the kind of jail Joseph was in. Plus, I know everybody in your jail is innocent. And I'm sure there are some, but I'm going to tell you something right. I want you to think with me just a minute. Two full years in an awful place, and Joseph is innocent. After two full years. That Pharaoh dreamed, and I thought this interesting. And behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kind and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind, so Pharaoh awoke. It was a nightmare to him. He's standing at a river in this dream, and seven... 14 different pieces of 14 different cattle come up. Seven are fat. They look good. Seven look real sick. And the seven that were real sick ate all of the healthy cows. Now, if I had that kind of a dream, that certainly wouldn't be a nightmare to me. I would say, what in the world am I dreaming that for? 
But that's exactly what he did. He's like, why am I dreaming this dream? And the Bible said he awoke, so it troubled him. Look at verse 5. Then he slept, and you know how it is. You ever went to sleep, you have dreams, and you go back to sleep, and absolutely you go right back into that same dream. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like you dream that thing all night long, and every time you wake up, you just go right back to where you woke up. It's crazy. That's what Pharaoh did. So he went back to sleep, and the Bible said he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up, one stalk rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. See, there's something to this. In the mornings with dreams, spirits are troubled. And he went and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them for his dream, but there was none that could interpret them into Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler into Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh, you were wroth with his servants. Put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night. I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew, a servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me, he restored into mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Now I want you to stay with me. Think about what's happened in the life of Joseph up until this point. Let's just quickly summarize. Here he is, a young boy, a child just like everybody else. Three people in a very short period of his life as a young boy Three precious people in his life died. God used that in his life to prepare him for what he was going to face later. Then we know that he dreamed dreams as a young man. He told his father, he told his brethren, I'm having these dreams that y'all are bowing down to me. Well, it made his brethren jealous of him. We also know that the brothers was jealous of Joseph because, and again, this is wrong. Jacob loved Joseph more than his brothers. There was no secret. By the way, that is a dysfunctional family when people love some greater than others. It's wrong. Jacob was wrong in loving Joseph more than all of his other brothers. It caused problems within the, the, the function of the family. And it would any family. I don't care how spiritual you are, if you feel like someone else and they're always being favored other than somebody else, that's going to cause hard feelings. It's just that simple. We can't spiritualize that. It's just what it is. But yet, he still didn't do anything to deserve, so he goes to check on his brother. They're so, they hate him so bad, they want to kill him. But instead of killing, they throw him in a pit, throw him in a pit. They're trying to figure out what to do with him. And so then here comes the merchant man. They sell him to strangers. He gets sent to Egypt. He gets to be put in Potiphar's house, which was a man's man. He was a captain of the elite guard. He's there. 
God gave him favor there. Potiphar put him over all of his house. His wife hit on him. He refused her. She lied about him. He did nothing with that woman. But yet because that the garment was left, the husband believed his wife. He was put in prison falsely. And now he's been sitting there for two full years. Put yourself there. How would you feel about life? Wouldn't you think that life's not fair? Wouldn't you think that God has forgotten all about me after two full years? God, what you doing? My brothers don't like me. They sold me. I've been in this strange place. I was trying to do right. The Potiphar's wife lied on me. Now I'm here in jail. I've interpreted these dreams to the butler and the baker. They came true. I asked him not to forget me. Weeks have went by. Months have went by. Days have went by. Years have went by. And he's sitting there rotting in that prison. And I want you to know something. He was human. I'm going to tell you what he was thinking in that prison. He was thinking just what you and I would be thinking in that prison. We would be discouraged. We would be down. We would be wondering, God, have you forgot about me? God, why have you allowed this to happen? God, I miss home. God, I miss my family. God, why isn't anything feeling right right now? He's human. He was feeling the same way. See, here's what's beautiful. <laughs> here's what he didn't know. God was working even though Joseph didn't know it. And that's how I want to encourage you today. All of us are dealing with things and problems and struggles and people. I want you to think about what happened in the life of Joseph. Notice what the Bible says in verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two. Notice the wording. Not just two years. Two full years. In other words, those were long years. Could you imagine the long nights? He was in there for a crime that he did not commit. Before the butler left the prison, he interpreted these dreams of the butler and the baker, and he told the butler, please don't forget about me. The days passed, no word came. The nights passed, no word came. Weeks came and no word. And Hey, look, months went by. Look, two full years and no word came from that butler. So I don't know about you, I think in the middle of all of this, I'm sure Joseph's faith was extremely low. I imagine during that time of loneliness and during that time of him being in the prison and wondering, God, why in the world am I here? I could imagine that he tried to comfort himself with thoughts of home. He tried to comfort himself with the thoughts of things that just seemed normal. He tried to comfort himself with the things that made sense. But I want to emphasize what God and how God worked in the life of Joseph as he was working in the heart and the life of Joseph, he was working on the other end. You know why I know that? <laughs> Chapter 14, verse 1, and Pharaoh had a dream. Who do you think gave Pharaoh that dream? 
Who do you think allowed that dream? And by the way, God says that I am the Lord, I change not. By the way, if God used dreams to stir people's hearts years ago, if He used dreams to speak to people years ago, I truly believe He uses His Word. We're going to talk about that later. But I believe in the plan of God. There's something to say about dreams. We know that God used this dream to speak to this man's heart. He got troubled. He said there's something not right here. And even Pharaoh did not know what God was doing, but God did. God was getting ready to work in the heart of the most powerful man of the then known world. Here's what's amazing. Joseph had no idea while he was in prison that God was working not only in prison in him, he was working over here in Pharaoh's palace because hereafter a while, Brother Larry, he's going to come up out of the prison and pretty soon he's going to be in the palace. But as he was there those two full years, he never dreamed that he'd be in the palace. And see, right now in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your darkness, all you can see is the prison. But I want you to know something. There's a God in heaven that is working over here on the other end. He has a plan. And yes, there are times I don't see it. There are times I don't feel it. But my feelings don't change who God is. And so when my faith is little, I'm still thankful that I have a God that's working on the other end. See, God, here's why God worked in this life. This is what I picked up from this, this just God working on the other end. Here's why I know God works on the other end. You know, you know why? He's not just doing it for you. He's not just doing it for me. You want to know why He's doing it? Because He wants to get honor and glory. He wants to get honor and glory. Here's the story. You think about this story. I mean, this is like, I'm not being ugly, but I mean, th this story right here, if, you didn't, if it wasn't in the Word of God, I'd say, man, look at all these coincidences. This would kind of like be the days of our lives. Somebody say amen. With all the drama, all the craziness here, I mean, you couldn't, I don't even know if a writer could come up with this and make these events like they were true. But a writer didn't make up these events. This happened in Joseph's life exactly like God records it for us. That blows my mind. And he did it all for one reason. God would get glory. For instance, can I ask you all a question? What if Joseph was born an Egyptian? What if Joseph was born to the Pharaoh and he just succeeded his father into the lineage of being the Pharaoh? Of That wouldn't be no big deal. That's, what every, that's how it happens. The queen died. Well, in succession, her oldest son was going to become the heir to the, to the throne. Th that's no miracle. That's how that happens. But to take a Hebrew boy in a prison that has been uh, bought... As a slave, going to a Potiphar's house, and then what happened there? He gets lied about, he's in prison, he's, he's the only one in there that's probably innocent. And yet, two men gets put in prison, they have dreams, and they have enough about them to ask Joseph. And Joseph said, I can interpret those dreams for you. So Joseph interprets the dreams. 
the dreams come true exactly the way Joseph interpreted them. And he told the butler, when you get out, remember me. Two full years. And then all of a sudden, God gives Pharaoh, the most powerful man of the then known world, a dream that made him say, and he called all of his magicians in. He called all the wise people in. None of them could interpret it. And all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb came on. Butler said, hey, wait a minute. I know of a little old boy down there in jail. He... I mean, look, you can't even make that stuff up. Why did it happen? Because God wanted us that think things are impossible to show you that we have a God that is possible. But I'm going to tell you all right now, I wouldn't want to be Joseph. God, can I have a little less hurtful life? You know, can I not have a little less of that? Why me, God? I can imagine Joseph sitting there asking that question. Why me? He didn't understand when he was there in prison that God was going to get him to the palace and that God was going to get great honor and glory. He had no idea that he was going to take his people out of Egypt many years later. As Moses led them out of the bondage of the Egyptians, he had no idea what God's plan. But this was the very seed form of God's plan. And here's what's beautiful about it. God was not only working in Joseph's life, he was working on the other end. I don't know about y'all, but that helps me. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I look at a lot of people and a lot of things. I'm like, I'll tell you right now, there ain't nothing happening there. But you know what that is? That's humanistic. But we know that God wants to work in the hearts of people. We know that He's working on the other end because He was working in the heart of Pharaoh. Think about it. Let's go back to the story of Joseph a minute. Just think about it. He was in prison and really only a handful of people knew Him. So even that's even amazing that God allowed a person that's in prison... Very few, and they wasn't rubbing shoulders with any of those people in prison. The Pharaoh's not going to know anybody in that prison cell. He could care less about those people in that prison cell. So it's just the fact that God let him even know there was a man in prison that could interpret dreams. That was all of God. Not to say, oh, look how great Joseph is. No, Joseph, no one thought Joseph was great. He was in prison. This all was done so we can all say, look how good God is. See, I believe God was real to Joseph in prison. Obviously, God gave him favor in prison because the Bible said he became the captain of all of the prisoners there. He was like the leader of all the prisoners. Keep in mind, when he went to Potiphar's house, guess what? He became a leader there too. And he was a leader because I believe he was a man that loved God. He tried to do right and everything. He wanted to continue to keep his faith in Christ. Even though everything seemed to have gone wrong, God was not finished with Joseph. And I want to just say this to y'all. I don't know what you're going through in your life, but God ain't finished with you either. And I said ain't. I believe Joseph realized through all of this that God needed to be honored. Now God help us because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes we don't feel like honoring God. But God blesses when we honor Him. He honors those who honors Him. And so God help us to get to that place. See, all of this happened 
in Joseph's life that didn't seem fair. He was struggling in all those nights in prison, but God didn't tell him what he was getting ready to do, but God did all of this because God wants glory. Number two, God allowed this to do this, to show this, and this is where I want to probably stop today. As I look at this passage, there's one little small truth that I can't get past. God speaks to people. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken by all thing, of all things by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. See here, God speaks to us. Hey, look, I'm glad we don't have to bow down to no dumb tree. I'm glad that, you know, by the way, I love the river. I'm, I'm a big outdoors person. I mean, if any of you know that, I look, I was raised on the New River, man. That's one of the best whitewater rivers in all the world. I'm telling you right now, most of those people that's involved in whitewater, they stand on that rock and here's what they say. You believe in God? Oh, yeah, I'm standing on him right now. Well, no, that's a rock. But the God of heaven created that rock. But I just want y'all to know something. I'm glad that I ain't got to bow down. Let's just say this plant. It's pretty and everything. But let's just say this would be as foolish for me to bow down to this plant. Talk to this plant and say, oh, I need you to help me now. Like I would an idol. Like a tree. Or a rock. Because I want to tell y'all something right now. That thing can't speak to me. Oh, I can look at that and say, oh, you're pretty now. Tell me, flower, what you think? Ain't going to say a thing. You know why? It ain't got a brain. By the way, have you ever thought about this? A rock's never had a brain. A tree's never had a brain. An idol that people paint up no matter how pretty it is. Or a statue. They don't have brains. They can't speak to me. In my darkest days, there ain't no rock going to help me. There's no tree, no idol that's going to help me. I'm glad I have a God that speaks to me. You say, Pastor, does he speak to you with an audible voice? No. You like to preach this? You can have at it. Because he's right. Mr. Robert got one of the points already. Word. Absolutely. And we all know that. But I want to go a little deeper than that. I want to talk to you this morning and I want to close with this. Have you heard from God today? Have you? Have you let him speak to you? Have you been still and silent enough to let him speak to you? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. He's already, if you're in this building, he's already tried. Has God said anything to you today? He's tried. Has God dealt with you about anything today? He's tried. I'd have to imagine that God works. I, I sometimes, I know that He works in me. 
And I would hope to think that if I'm your pastor, it doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I would hope to think that you have enough confidence in me that if I'm going to try to lead you, look, I'm not perfect, and I struggle like everybody else, but I want you all to know something. I can say with a surety, I know God deals with me. But here's what I need. I just need to know He works on the other end. See, here's what's amazing. I know. I believe you can get on your knees and pray to God. And I can pray for my mother today. And I know God's working on my heart if I pray for my mother. But here's what I have to trust when I pray. That I know God can work on the other end. Work in my mother and help her and whatever she's struggling with. And I can be on this end praying for you. Concerned about you. Struggling with you. And I'm like, God's working in my heart to really come and get on my knees and pray for you. And there's so many times, sometimes I'm praying for somebody. And I know God's working in my heart, but my struggle is sometimes I don't know that He's working on the other end. Some of you that teach these classes, you know God's working on you. You see these little children. You see the teenagers and you know you see the things in their life and you're burdened over it. You start praying about it and you know God's working in your heart about it. But where we struggle is when we go to God in prayer and we pray. Sometimes we think, God, I know you're working here, but I need you to work on the other end. I need you to work on the other end. And I'm saying to you today, He does. Sometimes we might not feel like it and we sometimes get discouraged and we think, and maybe we might even say things because we're weak at that moment and we think, okay, God, you're not doing anything, but this story, this true event has helped me. Even though Joseph didn't know it, God was still doing it. See, millions have come to the Lord because someone on this end has prayed. And God's worked on this end. But millions of people have been saved because God worked on this end. Maybe put in the heart of one of us that are saved and we prayed and we've gotten burdened for a neighbor or we've gotten burdened for a friend. And we know that God's working on our end. But do you know that there's been millions of people that have gotten saved because God has worked on this end. But He's not only worked on this end, He works on the other end too. The Bible says in Psalm 85, verse 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace unto His people and to His saints. But let them not turn again to folly. See, when God speaks and you let Him do His work, I'm going to tell you right now, that return in the folly will be much less. If you've read this chapter, verse 41, you know that through a dream, through a dream, through a dream, God spoke to Pharaoh. Now, who would have ever chosen that method? He didn't use that method to speak to David. 
You know how he spoke to David when David was wrong? He sent the prophet over there. He sent Nathan over there, the man of God. And he told him a story. And finally he told David this story. And David was so mad in his self-righteous. Who is this person? God chose to speak to David through a prophet. And he looked at him and said, you're the man. You're it. But in this situation, God used a dream to speak to the heart of Pharaoh. So I want to close. How does God speak to us? If you're here this morning, you say, all right now, pastor, you're talking about there's a God in heaven that I've never seen. How does he speak to me? Can I give you a few things? Robert's done hit on one of them. That's the first one. His word. Do you know you sitting here today listening to his word? Do you know what God's doing? God will use his word to prick your heart. He might use his word to comfort you. He might use his word. You're dealing with something and nobody knows about it. That's why a lot of people get nervous when they come to church because they think the preacher's preaching to them. Like, I know what's going on in your home. And so I, I've had people say to me, I'll walk in the back and someone can say, uh, Preacher, have you been talking to my wife? No. Have you been talking to my husband? No. Have you been eavesdropping in our home? I heard a preacher one time said there was such struggle going on at the church. And uh, he said there was some things going on. And he said, my wife and I was in the living room day, one day. And we just happened to look outside. We seen some kind of movement. And he said there was a deacon hiding behind the rose bush in their front yard. Trying to eavesdrop on the pastor's house. Now I just want y'all to know something. Thank God we don't have any of them like that. If I see Jimmy Horton or Jim Beeler crouching it out or something, plus they know not to do that at my house because we have weapons. I believe in the Second Amendment. And we're not scared to fire around in the house. But I will say this. God does speak through His Word. That's why when you come to church and the preacher might be preaching and you have no idea what's going on. See, that's why God, He wants to speak to you. He tailor-made this message for you. Now, you might get something out of it that someone else don't get out of it. But see, that's what's beautiful. Something, for, something through the Word of God that nobody else can give me. God will speak to you through His Word. Read a portion of His Word each day. Meditate upon His Word each day. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why coming to Sunday school is so important. Because the God of heaven wants to speak to you through His Word. Can I say this? God speaks to you through His Spirit. For instance, God speaks to us by His Spirit. The Spirit of God indwells every believer. How many of you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior? Would you say amen? amen. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. How many times in a place of surrender and submission to the Lord have you said, God, guide me, lead me, help me. That's the Spirit getting you to that place that you realize your inability and you're realizing His ability. You ever done something wrong and never got caught? How many of you have ever done something wrong and you never got caught? Can I ask you this? Have you ever felt bad about it? You know why? Because if you're saved... You're always going to feel bad about it. Because the Holy Spirit of God is going to convict you over it. And He doesn't do that because He's mean. He does that because He loves you. 
His Spirit speaks to us. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 30, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, the Spirit of God will guide us. He leads us. He speaks to us through His Spirit. You ever been? Just the other day I was sitting there and I heard, I was listening to a song. I was listening to a song. How tedious and tasteless the hour. When Jesus no longer I see. Sweet prospects, sweet sweet birds and sweet flower have all lost their sweetness to me. Then the, the song goes like this. But when I am happy in Him. But when I am happy in Him. December. Is as pleasant as May. That convicted my heart. I thought Lord why does it feel like December right now? Well conviction came in. Well you obviously ain't as happy in me as you should be. See. The spirit of God spoke to me. And by the way I didn't like it. God speaks to us through his, his spirit. Can I say this? God speaks to to us through other Christians. God has spoken to me so many times through my life, people, children. It amazes me how many times children will be used. Boy, I'm telling you right now, children are sometimes the most convicting people to be around because, man, they just trust God. Well, why don't you just do it, Pastor? Well, you just got up preaching everything, said God's able. It don't look like you're acting like He's able. Well, mommy and daddy, if y'all really truly love God, why are you acting like this? Right? God uses people. I can't even tell you in my life how many times that a word has been fitly spoken like an apple of gold in the frames of silver. God's used a word or an encouragement or maybe even something convicting by someone else has come into my life and God uses those words. Maybe it's the life of somebody else. I'm going to say this. Little Stone and his family, God used that to convict me. They're going through all of this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been convicting to me. I went over and met me and Laura. Went and seen Miss Gloria Fowler the other day. And here her husband of, 40, of over 40 years that she's married to. They had no children. Their whole life was wrapped up around somebody. Just each other. Now that person's gone. And it, I thought about that as I left that. I said, look, I can tell her how to feel. I can tell her what to do. But the truth is, unless I'm there, I've got to let God help me. And I know He will because He uses His Spirit to speak to us. He uses other people to speak to me. Then can I say this? God speaks through circumstances. And I'm going to close. I don't like this. Because you ever notice, do y'all know when we really get tender and ready to hear God? Y'all ever notice when that is? Oh, pastor, everything's good. The bank account's fat. Everything's going good at work. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. You ever notice when we're like that, we don't talk a whole lot about God? Oh, everything's great. Oh, everything's peachy. Everything's wonderful. I'm on the mountain. Oh, praise the Lord. 
But right now, if you're on the mountaintop this morning, this message ain't helping you a whole lot if you're, if you're not wise. If you're wise, you're stowing it up for a day because you know it's coming. If you're too naive here today, say, oh, I don't need this message. I'm just going to sit and endure through this. Won't he hurry up? He goes, everything's great. My bank account's fat. Everything's going good. I'm the happiest of my life. Well, then you're very foolish because I'm going to tell you something right now. The storms are coming. And this is how to get prepared for a storm. You have to know this. Although you don't feel like it, God's working on the other side. But he speaks to people. He speaks to us through circumstances. And by the way, those circumstances normally aren't ones we would pick. I'm going to tell you the circumstances. Heartbreak. Storms. Not fair. Prisons. Being lied about. Being sold into slavery by your own family. Being forgotten in prison. That's how God uses circumstances. You talk to every great preacher. And I don't say they're great just because they have a great sermon. A great preacher is not a great preacher because he can get up and wax eloquent and, and just, dang, just, just, you know, I'm not saying that he's not just because he can't speak well. But I'm going to tell you what makes a great preacher. A great preacher knows that there's been some circumstances in his life and the God that he's preaching to you about has helped him in a personal way. Something that's real to him. If there's a great Christian here this morning, it's not because you can get up and wow everybody with your praying. It's because you went through some real dark times and God has made Himself real to you and it's changed your life. That's what makes us great Christians. And where does He do it? Where does He speak to us? See, our disappointments, y'all get it down. Here's a great quote. Our disappointments, and I don't like them. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I stand here in refusal to like that I have to be disappointed for God to make an appointment with me. But I'm not saying that I don't like it, that I don't believe it. I believe it and I know it's best. I just don't like the process and neither do you. But you like that end product, don't you? How many of you ladies have a, what's like the highest carat of gold that you can have? What is that? Somebody help me. 14 karat, 24 karat, all right, 24 karat gold. Now, look, ladies, don't, don't raise your hand, but because, you know, I don't want to get any husbands in trouble here. I mean, he might have went and got you a cubic zirconia thing, and you think it's the best thing in the world, and it ain't turned green yet. Then be perfectly fine with it, amen? But I'm telling you right now, if there is gold and that gold, you love that gold and it's pure gold, I'm going to tell you right now, if that gold could talk to you, it would not be a pleasant process that that gold went through. For that gold to be so beautiful and so perfect on your hand and won't turn green, you know what had to happen? I'm going to tell you what had to happen. It had to go through fire. To burn out all of the dross. And that's how God works. 
He allows circumstances in our life to get our attention. So we look to Him and we start living for Him. How many of y'all think you're on the same page with me? Would you say amen? amen? Would you stand to your feet this morning? Can I ask you to close your eyes? Bow your heads just a moment. And would you consider... Not many things that he said to you. Maybe it was just one thing. But can I ask you a question this morning? How many of you know that something very rare, something very special happened today? Something was said either by a word, by his word, by a statement, by a phrase that you know you needed that today and that was for you and you believe there's a God in heaven trying to, trying to speak to you and get a hold of your attention. Would you raise your hand? Would you say isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? Can I ask this question this morning? Is there anyone here this morning who say, Pastor Mark, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Look, you should be concerned. But you don't have to be concerned. You can come forward this morning. We'll have someone take the Bible and they'll show you right here from the Word of God how you can walk out of this building today and know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Can I ask, you say, Pastor, that's me. I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I, I'm asking everyone to have their head bowed and eyes closed. But I'm asking you, say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? I promise you, I will not embarrass you. I will do just that. I will pray for you. But you say, Pastor Mark, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Would you just slip your hand up and let me see it? Let me pray for you. Is there anyone like that this morning? Man, okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk to these young folks. You can put your hands down. I see you. Again, let me ask this. How many of you know, you raise your hand, you say, God spoke to me about it today. Can I just ask? We're going to give a very short invitation. They're going to begin to play right now. Why don't you just do business with God? You don't have to tell anybody else. You don't have to say a thing. Just meet with Him. Ask the Lord. Talk to the Lord about it. If He spoke to you about something... Maybe it's a circumstance going on in your life. Maybe it's something that was said today. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe, hey, it's something you're struggling with. God's trying to get a hold of your attention. Let Him speak. Let Him have His way. He works on the other end. How many of you are burdened about somebody? You've been praying about them for a long time. You've been, you've been struggling with it. Would you be honest? You slip your hand up. Well, can I encourage you? Please don't give up hope because it was two full years, two full years before anything happened. But God's plan is perfect. He is working on the other end. Really, I just want to encourage you today. He's working on the other end. You might not see it. You might not see any sign of it. You might see sign of it. You might see it. He's working on the other end. Joseph had no idea he was going to be in the palace, but God did. God had a process. God help us. He's working on the other end. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your grace. I pray now that you will take your word, speak to everyone's heart, 
Thank you for each one that's here. Bring us back tonight at the appointed time. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' precious name and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great day. So thankful to the visitors you are with us today. I hope the service was a great blessing. God bless you.